to Totalus Rankium. This week, semi-final three. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. <laughs> I'm tempted to keep all this in, but no, no, we're cut off the obscene stuff. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. say, and welcome, my name's Rob. Jamie's laughing at the word semi, by the way, everyone. That's no. what he's doing. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm going to cut some of that. Um, hello, we, here we are. You've completely thrown me. Ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine eleven. what we have already done. We're in the knockout rounds, and we are Ooh. penultimating it up big style in our second to last episode because it's the last of the semi-finals jamie here we are yes wow okay before we move on just going to address a a couple of little things uh feelings were mixed shall we say (laughs) uh, on the uh the last semi-final uh well, you, you you led that, not me. I wanted well, what everyone else wanted. <laughs> I do you remember... You to cut those out from the edit. I remember saying uh, people are going to be uh, a bit upset that Basil too is knocked out. Uh, but not everyone was. Definitely some people agreed. Some people yeah, too. were shocked that uh, the highest scorer was out of the final, but was very much in agreement with that decision. Uh, a couple of people uh, were a little bit upset. I mean, we have had one or two death threats. Uh, but, one or two, you know. one or two. But hey, I'm just going to reiterate. Give me my family back, please. <laughs> Mega Man 64, please, I want my family back. I want to see my family. <laughs> I'm just going to say what I said last time. Totalis Rankium does award those emperors who score high in points. You've already done that. Yeah, he's got, well, he's got his crown. Yeah, he's already got that crown. I was yeah. taking that away from him. The knockout rounds, however, have always been which ones... Uh, do we like the cut of their jib the most? I mean, who are you talking about? Who impressed you? Who? It's a, it's a gut feeling thing. It's hard to put your finger on it. And yeah. my gut did not say Basil too. See, mine kind of did, but I absolutely... I'm okay with who we chose last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's just got... He's got a good story. And yes, the first final from Series 1 didn't really have any of the crazy ones. We didn't have a Kigaligula in there. No. We didn't have a Caracalla in there. Because we stayed away from that. But you know what? Different series this time, isn't it? So yeah, We've grown. We've matured as individuals, I think. <laughs> or the other way around. Anyway, this, yeah. is, this is all old news. It's all, it's all, all yeah. under the bed, as they say. That's not a saying. Uh, so uh, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to yeah. round three of the semi-finals. Some call it semi-final three. And let's see who we've got this week. First up, we have the founder of the Heraclean dynasty. It's none other... Ah. Than Heraculus. Heraculus. Excellent. Thank you, Sango. Just don't bother getting back in the cupboards. You've got a lot of work to do. Heraculus, the man who took the Empire from the edge of defeat and mm. saved the Empire, fought a giant on a bridge, and then saw the rise of Islam. It was a very interesting life. He is, uh, yeah, yeah, he is good. Experienced many things. Who's he up against? Oh, who's this? It's Basil One. Basil One. This is where my dog starts barking in the background. <laughs> I heard my name. Peasant fanboy who was so good at wrestling, he became friends with the emperor, overthrew yeah. the emperor, became emperor himself, and was quite <laughs> a decent emperor. Uh, yeah. Hated his perhaps not son Leo, uh, and then he died being dragged around by a stag for sixteen miles. <laughs> sixteen miles. 
it's not funny, but it is. It's hilarious, Jamie. Let's yeah. face it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Basil, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. I see why he's here. Uh, who's he up against? The old accountant who was chosen by the powerful to lead the empire and actually did a damn good job. Well, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Won a civil war, stabilised the empire. Yeah, exactly. Pinstripe. Never goes out Mm. of fashion. Um, Yeah, so there we go. Uh, Oh, oh, but you thought it was tough already this round, did you? Because who's this swanning through the door? It's only only bloody Justinian. Justinian. Of a peasant to emperor, turned around a failing emperor, oversaw a cultural and economic golden age, expanded the empire, got Italy back, built the Hagia Sophia, all while one of the biggest plagues in all of history was going on. Yes, but can he eat a Cabris cream egg whole? Well, probably, probably yes, probably. Damn it. Yeah. What a guy. What, what a goddamn guy. God guy. Um, <laughs> this easily is the hardest of the semi-finals. The first you one... You did say that last time, yeah. Well, the first one was a bit of a shoo-in, I think, for Justinian too. Uh, he, it was his to lose. Last week, we had a debate, mainly between two. I can honestly see arguments for all four of these going through. I'm definitely torn between the three in my head still. Uh, and I have no idea which way I'm going to end up at the end of this episode. I have a gut feeling. Oh, interesting. Okay. But don't, I but mean, don't I, say. I think down between. I won't say no. Yeah, no. But I think it'll go down between two. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But well, I'll, I'll see. I'll I'll, see if I'm right. I've put the notes together, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of them becomes a bit of a surprise favourite. Okay. Oh, well, you're going to say Anastasius, aren't you? Let's. Uh, <laughs> let, let's. Well, let's go into it. Let's go into it. Uh, round one. So remember, Jamie. This round looks at not one but two, but three things. Mm. Oh yes. How much have they been remembered? How much actual impact did they have, good or bad? And did they have anything that they should be remembered for, according to our podcast? We weight these things equally whilst coming up with a score. Again, focus group fired. Useless. Yeah. Actually, I, I say my useless. Wife. I mean, I, I just forgot to do it this week. Last week, I purposely decided not to. I probably should have no. done this week because uh, Justinian is a name. Uh, no, they just don't know them, do they? Our friends are useless. They know no emperors at all. And and ask my wife about Basil. She say, "Oh yeah, he wags his tail out and barks at nothing." Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Okay, well, let's just say the focus group didn't turn up. We'll say that. Yes, yes, that's what happened. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first up, Heraclius. Okay, Heraclius is he remembered? Well, yes. Uh, at least he was quite fondly in many of the sources, after his death for a very long time, but from an area that we have not really covered, because he is remembered very fondly in most Arabic sources that cover the area of the rise of Islam. That's interesting, Yeah, because you assume there'd be instant rivals and he's a bad man. Sort of, for reasons I go into in a a moment, Heraclius was generally seen as a very wise and sensible ruler. Uh, There are, in fact, some... Some scholars who, over the years, have even suggested that Heraclius secretly converted to Islam after receiving a letter from the Prophet. Go on, please. <laughs> Go on, fair enough, sounds good to me. Yeah, um, I'm sold. Well, apparently Heraclius, uh, upon receiving this letter and talking to the people who brought the letter along, asked several questions about uh, the Prophet and was mightily impressed and generally went, yeah, good good on, on this Prophet, he clearly is the real deal, and uh, then secretly converted. When we say the prophet, do we mean the prophet? Yeah, we're, in... we're talking Muhammad, as in the main prophet of Islam. Yeah. Obviously, they have more than one. So, yeah, according to some sources, 
Oh, that's he, so cool. he converted. So, uh, yeah. So, in one of the largest religions in the world, he is arguably seen as one of the best emperors. Uh, now, obviously, should point out that most scholars of the time would hugely dispute this. There is... Yes. There is no evidence that uh, Heraclius no. converted to Islam. Uh, it would appear that he really didn't know much about Islam until it became something he had to deal with. Uh, <laughs> until it started invading. Yeah, but it's it's certainly a place that he has been remembered for, so uh, there you go. Uh, but apart from this, there's very little I could find outside of the usual history sites, as per usual. There was a slightly heated debate over whether he was overrated on the Paradox Game Forum that I found. Bit of a bit of a rabbit hole. You know, Paradox, they make strategy games. No, never heard of them. No. Um, I can't name any off the top of my head. Don't think they do Civilization. I think maybe they do Crusader Kings. I don't know. I started looking at strategy games this time. Uh, I ended up on a forum. Uh, oh, wow, <laughs> that's brave. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bore you with the details of this debate over whether Heraclius is overrated or not, but just to let you know, the phrase read a book was used at least twice, uh, and uh, people were getting quite heated. But... Uh, Generally, the people saying Heraclius was overrated were mostly saying that Focus got a raw deal. Okay. Which is an interesting take on Focus, I would argue. Mm. <laughs> it would appear Focus was not a good guy, but then who knows? Maybe it was yeah. all pro-Heraclius propaganda. Um, so, well, that wouldn't surprise me. So Muslim scholars take an interest. He apparently is the most pro-Islam of the Roman emperors. And uh, okay. angry teenagers on gaming forums remember him. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? We've got Harry Turtledove. He keeps coming up, doesn't he? Good old Harry Turtledove. Great uh, name. Yeah, he he is the one who wrote the book about Justinian too, who you yeah. did not care about one bit. Uh, not a, a care oh, well. Would you read it if I let you borrow it? I mean, I've got it now. Well, I've got a slightly wonky table. <sighs> okay, well, I'm I'm going to read it at some point. I don't know when, but I'm going to read it. Um, you like the story of Justinian too. Why wouldn't yeah, you no, read a book? Yeah, no, it was a good story. You read a book about it, no? Anyway, I'm getting yeah. sidetracked. Uh, we're not talking about Justinian II, because Harry Turtledove also wrote a series about a Roman legion, get this, this might be more up your street, who magically get transported to a parallel universe whilst in the middle of fighting a battle with a bunch of Celts. And the Celts and the Romans get sucked through a time sort of parallel universe thing as two swords clash and they go into a new yeah. universe and there's there's a new empire there and it's very similar to the Roman Empire, but it's not. And oh, many adventurers had. Is that more exciting? That does sound a bit more exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, personally, that sounds not great, uh, but maybe it's well written. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shakespeare. The, yeah. the uh, Videssos uh, Empire is essentially the Roman Empire, or more to point, the Byzantine Empire. And in this, there is a character who's not called Heraclius, but is very much based upon him. So he yeah. sort of is a character in that series of books. So there you go. That's what I could find. Is he remembered? Very... It's, it's, not, it's not, not unless great. you've got a very niche interest probably yeah not. okay okay impact though uh he needs points here if it wasn't for him the empire would have fallen at this time he yeah. single-handedly with a bunch of other people uh defended the empire as it was about to fall to the persians which uh i mean he stopped it the muslim conquest then took place and yes the romans lost a lot of what they'd gained however if they were still as weak as they were at the start of heraclius's rule they would have arguably been steamrolled by the Islamic forces, who then would have 
been able to easily move through Europe from that direction, we would have seen a very different history. So it's an impact one way or another. So he's definitely getting points there. Uh, Interesting facts from our podcast. Uh, He came joint top for Phytius Maximus in season two with Basil II. So there is no Phytia Emperor in season two. Uh, He's joint third overall, if you count season one as well. He Mm -hmm. is only beaten by Aurelian and Trajan. And Basil. And Basil Basil II draws with him. So, yeah, yeah, that is some some emperors to be up there with. He is a fighty, fighty emperor. So, what are you thinking? Um, I think the fact he kept the empire going and he's known with a religion that's still, maybe not household name, but is still respected and he kept the empire... I I think a four from me. I'm going to go over half mass. I'm going to go six. Yeah, I mean, mainly for his impact. He had a huge impact. Okay. Uh, the, The empire was about to fall. We would have ended our series with his fall if he hadn't succeeded and if he had fallen then there would have been none of this arbitrary split between east and west falling separately because it would have just been seen as continuation of the fall because the east never rose again so it would have pretty much just been the roman emperor so it would have been the end of season one would have ended with him and we would have only done one season that's an impact Impact yeah. on my life, certainly. Uh, impact <laughs> also in world history. So I'm going to go for six. That gives him a ten overall for this round. Now we go to Basil One. Okay. So you know that series that Harry Turtledove wrote? Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a character based on Basil One. Oh. He's not called Basil One, but there is. Now at this point, I did think, is everyone just in this series? Uh, have I just is, is this not special at all because this is the second emperor I've looked up and oh here's Harry Turtledove again it would appear yeah. he does a lot of writing so I looked up what other characters appear in this series of novels and the only other parallels you really get is Focus Michael 2 and Romanos 4 okay. so it's not like it's a whole bunch of them there's only no. a handful uh, it just so happens we got two in a row bizarrely mm. enough so yeah he's a, he's a character in a series of books which is nice uh, but perhaps more impressively he is discussed in a very, very popular and famous book. Don't know if you've heard about this. In 1998, an American author called Robert Greene released a self-help book called The 48 Laws of Power. Now, this became hugely popular. It sold over a million copies, putting it on the New York Times bestseller list. In particular, it became very popular in the hip-hop scene and then within prisons. 50 Cent, Buster Rhymes, and many others quote it, reference it. It's it's a big deal. Now, the book is, I'm just going to put it bluntly, a little bit problematic. <laughs> just a little bit. It comes up with 48 laws that show the reader how to gain power over others. So a bit manipulating-y kind of yeah. morally bit dodgy book. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, in more recent times, it's less popular in the hip-hop scene. It's now more popular in the sort of crypto circles <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the andrew T- andrew tate kind of vibe to it uh, yeah that that kind <laughs> of thing anyway uh the opening of chapter two of 48 so it's right near the start which is titled never put too much trust in friends learn how to use enemies this chapter opens with all about how michael should not have trusted his friend basil the stable boy hmm. Just to remind you, just in case you're getting a bit lost here, so Basil One is the 
poor boy who walked to Constantinople, yeah. became a wrestler for yes. a lord. He impressed the emperor with his horse mounting skills. Uh, mm. And the two of them ended up sleeping in the same room together because uh, Basil was the Lord Chamberlain, uh, who happened to be a really fit, well-muscled man. And let's face yeah. it, they were close. We have literally no idea how no. close. No. It doesn't really matter too much to our story, apart from the fact that they were close one way or mm. another. Uh, and then uh, Basil manages to convince his friend to become emperor and then kills him. Yep. So this chapter is all about how Michael should not have trusted his friend. Essentially, the message for this chapter is don't give your underlings a taste of power because they will stab you in the back because <laughs> all people desire power and once they got it, they will overthrow you. As you can see, it's not... The most friendly of books, from what I no, can gather. Probably toxic. Yeah, but I mean, I'll be honest though, it's not like I read the whole thing. I just read some little bits. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, it's not something I'm urgently going to rush out to buy. Uh, anyway, yeah. so there and, you go. And I'm definitely not trying to supplant you. No, no, well, this is why I always, always put you in your place. Whenever you suggest, say, recording at six, I always say, no, Jamie, we're recording at five past six. It just keeps you in your place, you know? It's yes, good. Sir. It's little little tips like that that I, I yeah. got. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he <laughs> is a starting character in the game Crusader Kings 3. Yes, oh. they are Paradox. Now I'm remembering. This is right. why I ended up on the forum, which just had lots of people talking about emperors. Uh, because strategy game where you get to play emperors, it kind of makes sense. So there you go. He's a starting character in a game. So to sum up, he's a character in a fictional book. He's got a chapter about him in a slightly toxic half-health book that was very popular, and he's a starting character in a computer game. Uh, Impact. He is the founder of the longest-lasting dynasty in the history of the Roman Empire, season one and season two. The Bazillion dynasty. He is the Macedonian founder. Uh, That is some impact. Uh, He tried to set himself up as the second Justinian, remember? Mm. He built the new cathedral, the Nia. He was doing trying to do all the stuff that uh, Justinian did, pull back land from the West and all sorts. Uh, He did oversee a golden age, so he did do very well. Something he might struggle with, however, is he tried to be a second Justinian, and he wasn't quite. He did a very good job, but it's very hard to argue he eclipses Justinian, and he is up yeah. against Justinian in this round. So well, We shall see. <laughs> we will see, but there may be, interesting fact, we'll swing it for you. His son may well have been his friend's Michael. Remember Basil's wife? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, Basil's wife was actually... Michael's mistress, who he married Mm. so she would have access, and it's all very dubious. And the fact that Leo really hated his second son um, kind of maybe suggested that it was Michael's, in which case the Macedonian dynasty is not the Macedonian dynasty at all. It should revert back to the Amorian dynasty from before, uh, which is an interesting fact. Also, uh, he comes fifth in the season this time, and he came 11th overall if we include season one and two. So he's not Mm. quite a top 10 emperor, but he nearly is. So there you go. Basil, points? I think for hip-hop reference, I think, which, you know, that things like that really influence the whole genre mm-hmm. of that. So I'm going to I'm gonna go a five. Yeah, I mean, you've got the likes of Fiddy, Fiddy Scent, reading yeah. about this guy. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Is he the one that used to wear a bulletproof vest all the time? Yes. 
know. I'll edit the right one out. I do not know. <laughs> I apologise. So, uh, yeah, okay, you're going for five. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for five as well. And it is the fact yeah. that he's in that that uh, self-help book, 48 Laws mm. of Power, that's swinging it for me yeah. uh, for a bit more. Uh, and also founder of the Macedonian dynasty. That's big. Okay, next up. Okay, this one was tricky, I'll be honest. Uh, I really struggled with this one, but I was quite proud when I got something. I'm going to send you something. I'll send it to you via WhatsApp. That'll be easiest to do. Uh, describe what you can see, Jamie. It's a 50-something note. It looks Greek or Turkish. I can't tell. Oh, uh, no, I can't. I can't read it. It's got an M. Yeah. Oh, so, so the picture's like, it's like a, a building thing looking out into the sky and there's a, like a coin. Ah, so and there we go. And an M. You've got it. Four, year four. So, Anastasius, yeah, very yeah. good with the financials. Yes. Introduced some new coinage. One of these coins was this coin that is depicted currently on the back of the 50 dinar banknote from North Macedonia. Oh, cool. So don't tell me he's not remembered. A coin yeah. he issued is on the back of a 50 dinar banknote in North Macedonia. Damn it. That is quite cool. Now, I did misread it to begin with, and I thought he was on the back of the note. And it's like, oh, wow. He's, and, and that genuinely would, impre- would have impressed me. Uh, but when I went to actually look up and see what he looked like on the note, I, I realised I'd misread it. And uh, it is literally just the coin. Uh, it's slightly less impressive. But there you go. Uh, is he remembered? Uh, that's all I could... You're certainly not playing as Anastasius in Crusader Kings. You're no. Not, you're not reading about, out, about him in a self-help book. No. Who knows? Maybe I missed something. Maybe he's in the, uh, like, accountancy textbooks. <laughs> you mean you didn't read load and find out? Uh, oh, it's nothing I could find, anyway. Uh, what about impact, though? I mean, it's not very exciting, but his financial reforms are considered hugely important in the history of the Empire, and rightly so. Like I say, he issued lots of new coins, but he also did things like he ensured tax was collected in cash. They were using, like, cows and bits of furniture and, yeah, (laughs) empty promises and orphans with tears in their eyes. Uh, But no, enough (laughs) of that, he said. Cash only. And soldiers were then paid in cash. Again, cows, IOUs, bits of furniture and orphans with tears in their eyes wasn't working. This hugely improved the fortunes of the empire, allowing them to build up their armies, allowing them to have stability economically. This This is important. Arguably, no Anastasius, no golden age for Justinian. No. So that that's a big impact. That's a huge impact. It well, just yeah, doesn't sound flashy. You can't point at a map and say, oh, look, he did this. You can't say he got Italy back. You, you can't say he defended the empire in the last battle with the Persians. But those financial reforms, very important. So there's that. And uh, interesting facts for us. Uh, he was the oldest emperor at time of death, being 87 years old. Wow. Now, because of that, I always think it's of like him... like Joe as, Biden. <laughs> yeah, I always think of him as being really old. He's the old man emperor. Uh, but actually, he ruled for 27 years. He was in his 50s when he became emperor. <laughs> he wasn't actually yeah. that old when he started, which is no. something I had forgotten. In my head, he was the old man emperor. Uh, so... Yeah, that's an interesting fact. And also, I was listening to Totalis Jeffianus, the podcast ranks all the Jeffs from Jeff to Jeff. 
yeah. uh, the other day, which uh, is fantastic. If you're not listening to it, why not? It's 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 brilliant. <laughs> um, and they have just covered a period where Anastasius is around, or at least they and they were mentioning him, and they said something that I'd completely forgotten. His nickname was Dickius. <gasps> oh, yeah, Anastasius Dickius. Something that we enjoyed at the time, obviously. Yes. Uh, which I had forgotten. But remember, this was his two different coloured eyes. He had David Bowie eyes. Oh, okay. That's yeah. di- dichromism, wasn't it? Yes. Well, Dickius. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah Dicky eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what it was. So, um, yeah, there we go. Anastasius points. I mean, the banknote, that's pretty cool. Um, they're still used now. <laughs> I, you know, I love coinage and currency, oh, the, you know the, I do. Well, the coins aren't used now, Jamie. The, the, a banknote with no, their the, picture the, it's on. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. The banknote is The banknote really cool. was, was issued in 96. Okay. Yeah. Because I've, as you've been just talking, I've been on eBay seeing if I can find one. Um, that's the kind of person Oh, I yeah, am. you collect currency, don't you? I yeah. do, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so maybe... I have, I have a Constantine the First coin. Oh, you see, I kind of put that in as an almost joke, this is all I could get, but here you are being actually impressed, and yet you scoff yeah. at the guy who has a novel written about it. You're I don't a, care about that. You're a tricky one to predict, Jamie. That's what you are. Yes, I like to yeah. keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. So I'm going to give him a six. What? A six? Honestly, he's got nothing. He's got a banknote. <laughs> okay, the reforms are important. I'll give you that. that the reforms yes, are that, It's not exciting, well. they are important. That's the one point. I'll give him for that third, so I, I'll even be generous and give him four, but he's got nothing else in the other areas. Okay, I'll give him five. I'm giving him four. I will match you at four, actually, oh, because... No, no, d- 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 you don't need no, to... No, 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 I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm my, my feelings towards um, interesting currency Ooh, is overriding no. my sensibilities. I'm going up. You've got to get a bonus point for being the oldest ever emperor. Yeah, you're going up. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going That's to 50. But mm, is, is that... In, it's, don't it's, care? Yeah, but, but again, again, it's interesting facts. That should be remembered. Does he appear on odd lists? Yes, he is the oldest ever emperor. You've got to get a bonus point for that, surely. All right. Yeah, I guess. So, ten. Yeah, so we, <laughs> both, of... we both landed on five, yeah? All right. <laughs> After <laughs> hugely disagreeing with each other to begin with. <laughs> cool. Okay, next up. Are they remembered? You know what, Jamie? Yes, yes, he bloody well is. We've actually got someone. You cannot deny that Justinian is remembered. He is arguably, and I I don't feel like I even need to say arguably, I'm just going to say he is the most well-remembered of all Eastern Roman emperors. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. So many people who say things like, I think about the Roman Empire all the time. Mm. Actually, what they are thinking about is the Julio-Claudian era. Yeah, yes. Then some people <laughs> some people go further, so strip all of those people away, but mm. then most people drop off as soon as, say, the crisis hits. And then yeah. people drop off after the Tetrarchy, and then pretty much everyone drops off after the fall of the West. Yeah. Got your little hardcore group of history nerds <laughs> who, are, <laughs> who are still clinging on to the Eastern Empire, but all those people who have abandoned ship before the good stuff in the East... Well, actually, this is the Eastern Roman Emperor that they generally mm. can name and talk about. It's yeah. Justinian. We all know Justinian. People who put together top ten lists of emperors 
but they only really know the first half of the empire, but they don't want to sound like that. This is the emperor they throw in the top ten list just to go, oh, no, I know my Eastern Roman emperors as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just obviously Justinian. So, yeah, he is remembered. He's remembered as the good Eastern emperor. Let's face it, the mosaic, you know the mosaic. Yeah. Your notebook had a picture of him on the front. Yes, it did, He is the only emperor you have ever used to decorate any of your stationery. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's That makes me sound so sad. Can you cut that, please? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you, you've been doing a podcast for several years now about ranking Roman emperors. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, I'm sorry, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'll do better in life. <laughs> so w- were you offended by the whole how often do you think about the Roman emperor thing? Because I no. was. I was. Wait, I was like... Why? I was like, yeah, I think about it every day, but it's because I do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. I can't help no. it. Stop criticising me. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. No, I, I was more offended by the fact that uh, it seemed to just exclude all the women who also think about the Roman Empire a stupid mm. amount as well. Uh, anyway, so yeah, his, you, can't, you can't walk into a shop that sells history books. Walk up without into, seeing his picture. But without, yeah, you walk up to the yeah. later Roman Empire, the Byzantine section, as some, some like to call it. You can't move for his picture. Every oh. book you pick up, oh, there he is again, there he is again, there he is again. He, he is the face of the East. But that's modern times. He was. Rem- it's not like he's had a sudden resurgence. He was remembered much before this. He is in Dante's Divine Comedy, oh. in the final section, the the, the paradise section. Uh, Dante enters the sphere of Mercury, and there he meets Justinian. There is Justinian, who says, "Caesar, I was and am Justinian." Then goes on to give a sort of potted recount of Roman history. Uh, points out Italy, not what it once was. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, modern rulers, a bit rubbish compared to the old guys. This was Dante apparently having a bit of a pop at the modern rulers. Ooh, Ooh. cheeky Dante. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. He's, he's, in, he's in Divine Comedy. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, the author of I, Claudius, Robert Graves... Yeah, uh, He didn't just write I, Claudius, he wrote a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, one of them was a story about Justinian. In 1938 he wrote this one. Sort of. I say it was about Justinian. Robert Graves, clever guy, realised that actually, I'm not going to write about Justinian. I'm going to call my book Count Belisarius, and it was all about Justinian's Agrippa, Belisarius. Because yeah. Robert Graves knew where the action was. And it wasn't yeah. with Justinian. It was one of his awesome general who went off yeah. and did all the cool stuff. He appears in a time travel book called Let Darkness Fall. Uh, no, I'm not going to go into that. It was a time travel book. He popped up. Oh, th- this one might interest you, but it depends how much you know it. I didn't, but I recognised it. He appears regularly in the comic strip Prince Valiant. Mm. Now, oh, you see, I, I thought maybe you'd go, oh, because you knew it. I, I, no. I sort of recognised the name, but... Um, But it was only when I typed it into Google and the artwork came up, I went, oh, yes, that is instantly recognisable. I know what Prince Valiant is. Oh, it's got that kind of weird... That really old art style. Now, it started in 1937 and it's still going. There are over 4,000 strips. So there are they appear in newspapers. They're ca- uh, Was cartoon there a cartoon strips. of it, like an actual like TV? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, 
Prince yeah. Philip. No, that looks really familiar. Yeah, this is exactly what I did. This is something that oh, oh, I've obviously goodness. seen a lot. They don't do speech bubbles. There's just lots of text, and there's that really old-fashioned, like proto He-Man starter style yes. uh, drawings, and hugely, hugely popular. I skitted across the surface of the fandom of this and realised there was a whole world out there of Prince Valiant fans, like very famous people talking about how important it is. But yeah, it just is <laughs> a rabbit hole I did not have time to go into. But Justinian appears as the bad guy in quite a few of the, 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 the strips, apparently, which is interesting. So there you go. You're going down a rabbit hole, Jamie, I can see. The Legend of Prince Valiant, 1921 animated US television series. I reckon I must have seen that because on the he was on CBBC in the early nineties. So oh, probably so they did. Saw they did a do a live that. action one, did they? Uh, okay. No, no, is it a, the animation? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean live action. Yeah, an animation they animated. Uh, okay. I must have seen some of that. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if I did. I'm sure some of our listeners, some of them, will oh. be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you don't know Prince Valiant." But yeah, it's. It's like I must have been what three or four. Yeah, yeah, five, yeah. Maybe? That's that's the kind of time I'm. I remember yeah. it from. It's a distant memory, but oh, yeah, there you go. I have to find a YouTube of it or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm still going. Uh, last week talked about talked about people being playable characters in Civilization series of games. Well, Justinian was there, remember? But also, he is also his crown. Sorry, is his crown is an artifact, key artifact in the game Crusader Kings Three. So he's got a little nod mm. in that game. Uh, perhaps bigger than his crown appearing in a strategy game, however, is he's got a plague named after him. The Justinian Plague. The first plague pandemic. But not just the plague, the bacteria that caused the plague and would go on to cause the Black Death, the worst pandemic in history, that bacteria is also named after him because it's Yersinia pestis. Yersinia is obviously... changed through time from Justinian yeah. or more to point it didn't change from Justinian but the root is the same place yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean um, yeah. yeah so there you go I mean he just absolutely loads there uh, also his impact we're going to impact oh huge absolutely huge the empire saw a massive resurgence under him his codifying of the laws had a noticeable impact on the laws that still survive to this day in Europe and therefore across the world as Europe expanded through the world. Things like his building, the Hagia Sophia, would not have existed without him. The Hagia Sophia, that building more than perhaps any other, has been the centre point of so many important events in our podcast. Mm. I was having to think. It's like it's the equivalent of in season one and realise there is no equivalent in season one. No, there isn't. Uh, I mean, the Colosseum pops up a few times, but not that often. The the palace does, but it's Mm. just the stairs of death, the the Senate House. Uh, I mean, maybe the Forum as a whole, maybe, you could argue. It's that kind of impact. So yeah, no no Justinian, no Hagia Sophia. The least impactful... I'd argue, is the one that most people go to straight away for his impact, and that's the expansion of the empire. Look how much more of the map we can colour in. Uh, I'd argue, yes, his games were impressive, but they didn't last a massive amount of time. But that's not to discount them. It means the empire was expanding rather than decaying. It was all Mm -hmm. in the right direction for the people of the empire, so yeah, that was good. Uh, interesting facts about him. I mean, you've got to love a peasant emperor uh, story. That's always good. Uh, he came fourth overall in season two, sixth overall in season one and two. He is a lot of people's favourite emperor. Uh, so there you go. Points for this one. 
I I think we have to go high or just mm-hmm. go home. I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking around nine, probably mm-hmm. even ten. It's eight on. I don't 10. think. Don't think I'm going to ten because I am. Uh, how, no, how are we doing it? How have you been doing it in your head? Just. Are you judging them compared to other Eastern Roman emperors, or are you judging no, them against just... other Roman emperors from Augustus? Because if I'm comparing Justinian to the likes of well, it's Nero, round two. if I'm comparing, mm. it's like oh, I'm pulling down to a seven or an eight. But if we're saying yeah. he is the strongest in season two, this is season two, then I'm thinking yeah. nine or ten. Well, yeah, we're not, we're not, we've done season one. This is now season two. We're not comparing yet. Okay, so. I'm, I'm with you then. Uh, so I'm going, why wouldn't I go for Marx? He is the most yeah. well-remembered. He's in... Divine Comedy, he's yeah. had a book written about him. Yep. He, the Mosaic, 10. Just go into a bookshop. Yeah. Go into a bookshop, yeah. Okay, so... 20. So what's uh, what are we on so far? So Heraclitus, 10. Yeah. Basil, 10. Anastasius, 10. Justinian, 20. Interesting, interesting. Mm. You could say Justinian's pulling away. But what's this, Jamie? Oh. What's this? Oh, it's Mortis Memoriae. Mortis Memoriae. Okay. Usually we go through an order. Mm. I'm going to mix up the order this time. <gasps> for reasons what? you'll see. Uh, let's start with Heraclius. That is the order. <laughs> so far. Heraclius. Heraclius died of an illness in his 60s. We know no details. Zero. Zero. Uh, although, to be fair, he was going slightly mad at the time. He feared water. One bonus yeah, point. We all, we all fear war. Okay, one one bonus. Point. Okay, two one. in total. Next. Anastasius. He died of old age in his eighties. No details. No bit crazy or anything like that. No, nothing at all this time. Just peeing in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. With his abacus. Ooh, abacus. Zero. Zero. Next, Justinian. Justinian. He died of old age in his eighties. So what I mean by uh, Anastasius, I always think of him as being the old man emperor. Don't think of that with Justinian. They were both in their 80s when they died. Isn't it weird how your brain just remembers certain things? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that. I mean, Anastasius was older than Justinian, but still. Uh, Anyway, so those are the three that I've just got out of the way because... I mean, they ju- it's just, it's not the round for Mortis Memoria. They're all just a little bit disappointed. Oh, what's this, Jamie? It's a stag. It's a stag. Oh, no. <laughs> Basil and a group of senators and huntsmen went hunting one day. I love this story. There, sire, a herd of deer. If we're quick, we can surely catch one. Says, they look very docile, sir. Yes. <laughs> Steer clear of that one with the antlers. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> Oh, he's been impaled. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Quick, after him. Which which way did he go? Yeah, oh, it's uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> Quick, if you bang the drums louder, it might scare it away. It's dragging him further. <laughs> right, not no. through the nettles. <laughs> oh, not, and the thorns. Not the spike pits. <laughs> Stay clear of the fire traps. <laughs> And the cave of glass. And the void of eternal pain. Not through there. (laughs) Okay, let's let's bring it back slightly to what actually happened so we can judge it. So, Basil and a group of senators and some huntsmen are hunting. Yes. As per usual in this kind of situation, you've got your, your noble men hanging back slightly, but holding equipment and looking fierce. And then in front of them, you've got some real huntsmen just to, you know... 
make it a bit easier. Slow a couple <laughs> of the animals down a little bit. <laughs> However, it would appear that they uh, messed up slightly because the herd of deer that they were tracking got spooked and scattered. And the huntsman tried to get a few of them. Basil, he went off. Well, I'm going to get my own one, he said. I'm the king. So off he goes. He went after the largest stag and he soon realised he was all alone. He was separated from the rest of his party and he realised this at roughly the same time as the stag did because the stag then turned and defended itself. The stag at school had learnt that the best defence is a good offence. Yes. So he charged at the emperor, head down. Mm. Uh, Basil threw his spear, but it glances off the antlers and does not kill the animal. Basil reared his horse round and decided to get out of there, but it was not enough time. The antlers of the stag lift him out of his horse, and he should have been thrown from his horse, thrown to the ground where he could just be sort of gouged at. But no, Mm. because the antlers got caught in his belt. And uh, (laughs) the stag tried to free himself, uh, but it didn't work. And Basil was dragged. After a while... (laughs) The hunting party all got together, and it was only at that point they realised the emperor was missing, because everyone scattered. So no one realised, to begin with. Can anyone hear a scream far away? (laughs) No, it must be a bird. It's a scream scream with a slight Doppler effect on it. It's just... Just Just going around his circle around the party. Get this stag off me! Yeah, so they, they become alarmed uh, because the horse returned, minus the rider. Looking a bit sheepish, probably. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, I've been a bad horse. <laughs> so they go off, they find the stag, they rush after the stag, they find it exhausted and pouring at the ground, trying to shake an unconscious Basil off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny. But as, as soon as the hunters came near... <laughs> <laughs> the stag legged it <laughs> pulling the unconscious emperor <laughs> all afternoon was spent <laughs> I mean you just you just know there was a lot of enthusiasm to start off with and then they yeah. realised it wasn't working so then it got to the planning stage where they're all sitting on their horses in a circle just right okay you you guys go around there but then I'll come in and then there's people talking over each other. That's not working. And eventually it's just exasperated silence. And then someone says, but I think maybe the second thing we try. Oh, just shut up, Jeff. Shut up. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. Anyway, eventually, eventually, one of the in guards. The spring where the antlers drop. <laughs> <laughs> eventually one of the guards managed to draw level with the beast and pulls out his sword and cuts Basil free. Now, Basil, by this point, apparently is going in and out of consciousness because he saw this part, but then falls unconscious again. Then he is free, he wakes up, and he orders the death of the guard because he's all very confused, and he thinks the guard was trying to assassinate him. Fortunately, everything was explained to him. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Um, anyway, he dies shortly afterwards, uh, but what the, the... brilliance of this story is not that he died afterwards it's the fact that between this time where he was rescued and his death of nine days later he asked them to go and measure how far he'd been dragged wow and it was 16 miles that's insane do you think so, it's exaggerated though it possibly is exaggerated yes but 
is, is it doesn't like stop the fact two minutes. that there's a very, very good chance, very yeah. likely, that at some point in history, there were two men stood in a forest with a tape measure <laughs> going, how the hell are we supposed to measure this? <laughs> What's follow it? the hoof prints. There are so many as a herd of deer. <laughs> Just follow that one. It was chaos. I mean, couldn't we make this up? I don't know. So, oh, sounds... sir, sir, there's a blood trail. We can follow that. <laughs> what sounds reasonable? If we go back and tell him, what, five miles, will he be impressed? <laughs> if we say 16, will he call us liars? I don't know what to do. And that almost certainly really happened in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> I like to think they didn't even go out. They just got their jackets on, just hung around in the stables for a bit and just said, right, let's just just say 16. Yeah, yeah 16, 16. 15 sounds a bit too round, doesn't it? Yeah. So let's, let's just add one onto that. It's, my tape measure only goes to 30 feet. I can't do <laughs> 16 miles. Oh, So, um, I don't know. It's, this and Leo's death are always the two that stick out to me. Not just in season yes. two, both <laughs> in series. Total. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are the two best deaths in all of Roman history, in my opinion. Um, I personally think Leo's is slightly better just it, because it's just so... Yeah. Just that image of him standing there with the cross and the this is a time for killing line. And, yes. Uh, but is it close? We gave that 10. Is this one close enough that we also give it 10 or do we knock it down to 9 do we collude and make a 19? I don't know. I, I'm, I, before I was thinking, because I'd, I'd written Leo 5 and 20 next to, where I've got Basil's notes here, and I was just thinking, I think Leo 5 is better. But hearing the story again, <laughs> I think they're on par. Just they're two very different ones. They're cool different. And dramatic. One's one, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they're just brilliant stories, both of them. I, I personally prefer prefer Leo slightly, but only slightly, so I agree. I'm, I'm happy to give a full 10 as well. Okay, let's do it. That's okay. 20. That's 20. So our final scores are in for us to think about. Yeah. So Heraclius has got a mighty 12. Yeah. Uh, Basil has a 30. Mm-hmm. 30. Anastasius has a stately 10. Yeah. And Justinian has an admirable 20. So, be honest, when you were saying, I think there's two here that should go through, Basil wasn't one of the ones you were thinking, was it? No. No. Uh, but, no. Um, but actually, he wins in points. But, yeah. <laughs> but that is just, let's be honest, that's because of his great death. Uh, but we're debating this far too soon. We've got one more round to do, but let's just, just keep in mind what the skills are as we go into our final round. Okay, Jamie, fresh off the press today, because I was running slightly late uh, for re- uh, for recording today, because I was waiting for a package to imminently be delivered. So whilst I sat next to my door waiting for my package, I popped onto the Discord and I just said, hey, any new questions? Uh, just to save me from scrolling all the way back and finding <laughs> the other ones, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, because there were some still good questions before. Um, but yeah, so we have got uh, some new historically ridiculous questions. Okay, we're going to start off with uh, Kivu- Kivuta. Kivuta. One of these names that I always see in our Discord never try to say it out loud, and suddenly I realise <laughs> I don't know which way to pronounce it. Too uh, many consonants. Yeah, Kiv- Kivuta. Kivuta asked... 
If you were organising a heist with all the emperors in this semi, which roles would they all have? I suppose what we need to ask ourselves are what are the roles in the heist? Well, Anastasius, he'd be the one on the inside. He'd be the accountant, you know, he'd be a plant. He's the money man, but yes, he already works in the bank. Yeah. Yes. He got the, he's, he's a planner, so he got the job in the bank 15 years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Inside man. Mm. Excellent. Okay. I mean, that's, that's just a given. Okay. Um, Uh, Justinian, I think, built the bank. So he knows all, he's like the tech, like he's the architect guy. He knows where everything works and he's the planner kind of thing. Yeah, he's he's the guy who put the heist together. Yeah. Yeah, he's the organiser. Like the ocean guy in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, he's George Clooney. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, right. So Justinian, he's the, the planner. Anastasius is the inside man. Uh, Heraclius, he's got to be the muscle. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's the fighter. Yeah. But... Just because it's an interesting heist film and it doesn't like playing stereotypes, uh, his muscle, and you think, oh, he's going to be the dumb one, but actually, no, he's got some mm. really good ideas and he's bright. Yeah, brains and brawn. But like it's Dwayne Johnson, the Rock, the Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Basil, he's got to be the getaway man. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, I bought a deer. Or should I say the deer bought me? <laughs> He's, he's got four stags ready to go outside yeah, the bank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. They all run out. Where, <laughs> where's Basil? <laughs> he just, through a motorway. Kind of like a... Just that Doppler effect scream goes past. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, okay. That's, that's one. So... That's good. I mean, this this round's very useful to help us to uh, decide, definitely. And then our last question for today, Aiden asked, which emperor would fare the best if they were dropped into Discworld? Heraclius. <laughs> no hesitation there. Why, why are you saying Heraclius? I just think because he, he's, again, quite good at problem solving. He's got the brawn. He's got the, the strength and fortitude. I think he would cope. I think, you join the Night Watch kind of thing. I think Heraclius would be a general who Rincewind meets on his journey, who Ooh. is not coming across like an idiot. And Rincewind yes. is there going, oh, okay, you're actually an okay guy, but I need to go now because this is ridiculous. Mm. And Heraclius gives him a wry look. I think, yeah, that's how it would okay. work. Basil, I could imagine being in the upper crust of um, Morporkian society. But because of his roots, he hates most of them, just like Vimes does. However, Vimes can't stand Basil because he's a class traitor, yeah, which is yeah. really hate, which Vimes hates about himself anyway, yeah, so he certainly yeah, yeah. hates it in other people. Okay. Um, yeah. Anastasius <laughs> well, uh, would just be friends with Slant, the zombie lawyer, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's what he would do. And uh, Justinian, uh, veterinary. Uh, I think Maybe Justinian with veterinary. I think Justinian would be an historical character. I think maybe okay. he would be the patrician from about 100 years ago who people talk about and say, oh, he was the last good emperor, sorry, last good patrician we had. And okay. Vesinari just can't stand the guy. But you never <laughs> can tell. You can never tell, obviously. It's Vesinari. No. Uh, yeah. So who would do the best? I think it would be Basil because he'd just be having a nice life. Okay. In the upper crust of Morporkian society. Fair yeah. So there we go. Thank you to all of our people who have sent in questions for this round, uh, which is now over. 
but yeah, it's always fun doing the rounds. Mm. I particularly liked putting the music together for last week. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun whilst I was editing. It's slowed my editing up a lot because I just got trapped in rabbit holes of music. But uh, I enjoyed that. That was good. Anyway, Jamie, we we've oh, this is it. And I still I've got no idea, Jamie. I've, I just don't know. No. I mean, Basil's won on points. Uh, Heraculous. Something I feel like I've not got over in this episode is just how much he did. Remember that the Empire was falling apart and had a mad tyrant in charge. And he came in and it had one army, one. And if that army lost at all, end of Roman Empire. And he Mm. kept it going. He made all the right decisions. He was up against one of the best generals in the world. And he managed to keep dodging him and then beating him. It's an amazing Mm. story. And then finally beats the Persians in the very last Persian-Roman war. And he wins against all odds. Fought a giant. That's huge. And then you got the rise of Islam just as a cherry of interest on the top. And then he Mm. can't cross it. I mean, that's just massive. And Justinian, I mean, Justinian's Justinian. Well, my, my two choices were at the beginning, Heraclius and Justinian. They were the two I was think they're going to be the ones. Well, yeah, Heraclius and Justinian are the two who won their rounds. They Going in are the two favourites, but don't turn your back on Basil. Just give you this fact, why it's so close. Heraclius came second, Justinian came fourth, and Basil came fifth. So all, all three of them are in the top five. I mean, they are all yeah. very, very good. Anastasius comes in 16, and to be honest, I think... If you don't object, let's yeah. knock him out now. Yeah, let's, he, he's gone. He is my favourite of the fourth place in the semi-finals. He is, if, if he was in the other rounds, he would have done much stronger. But this is a semi of death. Heraclius, Justinian and Basil. I think the next question we need to ask is, do we chuck Basil out because we both had that feeling? Or do you think he's done enough in this round for us to have a serious conversation about whether he should be there? He's known more for the ridiculous death. He does have the same problem as Leo did last time. Yes. and that Which is, is the death is holding a lot. Yes. It's doing all the lifting in this in, in his, mm. in, for him. So I, my feeling is he should be discounted. I think he's better than Leo in yeah. that... I really like his story. If you remember, he we've got all the stupid prophecies at the start of his reign. We've got the monk who uh, kept having visitations in his dream to go out yes. and ask for Basil to come in, which was brilliant. There's loads of good stuff in his story. And then he manages to betray his friend in an amazing story. It's just a really good story. Mm. He, I, I know why he's fifth. He is one of my favourite. But he's up against Heraclius and Justinian, and I don't think we can put no, him through. No, I, I don't think so either. It'd be a disservice to the two if we did yeah. it. But it wouldn't have surprised me if we threw a curveball and went, you know what, let's do it. But no, I think it's the right no. thing to do. So we now do Justinian and Heraclius, and I cannot choose between these two. I don't know what to do. I'm hoping it's going to come to me in a flash of which one is better. Justinian's known more throughout history. Yeah. Heraclius kept the empire going in a really miraculous way. That sells it for me. I think that's more interesting because everyone gets Justinian all the time. You mm-hmm. can't walk into a bookshop without seeing his face somewhere, mm-hmm. usually on like a, a Fifty Shades of Grey book. But <laughs> Heraclius, like it, it, literally the pivot point, I like said one army, nothing left, nothing left. Mm-hmm. He kept it going. Without him, like you said, this series, series wouldn't have even happened. Talking about interesting things, remember when he 
he actually trained his army for a whole summer where they yes. fought themselves. Things like that. It's little yes. nuggets like that that all the way through his episode. Just Justinian really... did that. He used that Bella Bellarari. Bellasaris. Um, there is that problem. Justinian has the Augustus problem, which is he had a very good general. Yes. So he was able to focus on other things. And yes, he was very good. And having a very good general mm. is good. Uh, but... So you can it imagine just mean. sitting and walking around saying, oh, down my knee, my poor injured knee, all the time. Yeah, but equally, equally though, Jamie, you're saying this, but the Hajar Sophia was built because yeah, of built him. Building. Not like, a, he, he built not it, a building. He built it, okay, but every, everyone else put the history into it. He just put the bricks there. But the way he built it was impressive. Okay, a lot of bricks, fair enough. I don't know how well you remember, but they had to build it quick because he wanted to see it before he died. So he got teams of like thousands upon thousands of people and they split in half and they both had to build half each and they had to race each other. That's quite uh, fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, things like that. On your marks, get to put that brick down. And this, this, is why, this is why some of the walls were bending at the end. This is oh, why goats. the dome was a bit... Yeah, this is the yeah. whole reason why we have the goats because mm. the, um, the, the dome was no good. The codifying of the laws is hugely important. I mean, it's, it is a huge golden age for the Empire. But if we didn't put Basil II through, why should we put Justinian through? Justinian, I'd argue, is better than Basil II. I know Basil II scores more, but for my, more, yeah. gut, for my gut, Justinian is okay. better, as in Genesis R-wise. If this was mm. Justinian and Basil II, I would not hesitate to put Justinian above Basil II. I'd talk about it for a bit, but I would definitely put Justinian above Basil II. Okay. I'd put Heraclius above Basil II. Heraclius trained his own army. Trained his own army. Against a, an unbeatable enemy and beat them and invaded them. Okay, biggest criticism, going. biggest criticism that is always thrown against Heraclius is that he lost everything at the end. That's interesting. Is interesting. It's also an argument I don't subscribe to. I'm just throwing it out no, there. because it's I, about interest. It's not about how good he was. It's just about interest. It is, it's how interesting was his rule. And uh, also, if he hadn't built everything up, like I said earlier, the, the Romans arguably would have been smashed to pieces as uh, exactly. That's Islam interesting. It's interesting. Justinian was just progress, progress, uh, just, progress, uh, progress. Just, yeah, okay. Justinian is interesting, though. You, he is he got, interesting. He, he gets Italy back. That's an exciting moment. Rome's for back bit, in the empire. Yeah, for a bit, and then loses it. But is that hindsight? Uh... Well, that's an argument using about Heraclius. Heraclius, however, argument for him, scored higher than Justinian. Really? Yeah, yeah. Heraclius is our second place. Justinian comes in fourth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's close. Surprising. Heraclius got fifty three point eight eight. Justinian got fifty one point five zero. So it's close between them. Uh, Justinian two is the one that separated the two. Um, are you calling it them? Are you saying what you're doing? I would put my money on her. I, I feel Heraclius. You're feeling Heraclius. Interesting. That's my feeling. You can disagree and I can be persuaded. You know how loyal I, I am, sir. I don't disagree. But I feel like I would be saying I don't disagree if you said Justinian as well. I'm so torn between these mm. two. Uh, but I think what we need to do then is... I. I can just cop out, can't I? Because I can't decide, and you have, I think we go with your choice. You're holding up a coin, Jamie. We're not allowed to use the coin in the uh, the finals. Aren't we? No, this was a decision oh. we made, I believe, in the first season. Yeah, oh. we're not allowed to go to the coin. It's got to be got to be us. We've got to put it in the graft. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So like I say, though, <laughs> I've got, I'm, I'm going to cop out. I'm going to say I can't choose, and you've chosen Heraclius. So oh, okay. therefore, Heraclius gets one and a half votes, and Justinian only gets half a vote. Okay. Because yeah. I agree. I agree with you, what you're saying. Heraclius, I think that period of history is more interesting. Justinian did more. It's, but then Herac- it's not like Heraclius didn't do stuff. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I'm happy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's say Heraclius is through. Yeah, okay. So we've got our finals, Jamie. We've got our final. Yeah. A final I bet very few people predicted. <laughs> yeah. A final with no Justinian or Basil Tuin. And I think yeah. those two were... Uh, were big hitters. I think Heraclius would have been predicted. I think if people were to make a prediction, they would have said Basil to Justinian and Heraclius. So, who are our finalists? So our finals are Justinian to Nonos. So he is up against Andronicus. They are up against Heraclius. I can almost feel the hate coming through the social media now. Oh, I know some people are going to be very sad about Justinian, but I also know a lot of people are going to be very happy about Heraclius. This this round split a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. How's that for a final? We've got two crazies and uh, a very successful, which is quite different to round uh, season one's final. Yeah. Yeah. But they're uh, all interesting. Oh, they're all interesting. I... I'll be honest, there have been times where I thought each one of these were definitely going to win. Really? Yeah. There were times where I th- I have thought, during recording, whilst we've been doing them, there have been times like, ah, this is going to be our eventual winner, isn't it? And I've thought that about all three of the people in the final. The- I'm, I'm excited because I genuinely yeah. don't know where I'm going to go. So, I am going to listen to all of their episodes again and try and remember exactly what we said about all three the of them. And then, next week, Jamie... We will decide who is the ultimate winner of season two. Ooh, very exciting. Uh, right, well, thank you very much for listening uh, to, to our last semi-final. Uh, thank you for downloading us as well, wherever you do download us from. We really appreciate it. And thank you for leaving reviews if you're doing that as well. Uh, yes, uh, follow us on all the social media. We, we're, we're trying Blue Sky now. That's the new big thing. What? Never heard of it. Yeah, no, I hadn't, but apparently it's a new and upcoming thing, and lots of other Rexipods have joined up, so I oh, jumped okay. into the boat with them because I didn't want to be left behind. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're signed up for that now, so come and find us there. I think apparently you need a code to join up, but the code's incredibly easy to come by. Uh, so, yeah, so come, come and follow us uh, on Blue Sky. If you're not already, um, who knows? This will probably age incredibly in, like, a month's time because it's just yet another attempt to... Stop Twitter being awful. Uh, like but like threads, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, oh, we've got but, a count on there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we've got a count on there. Uh, and MySpace. It's coming back. Yes. yes. Bebo. Yeah, so... <laughs> you go on our page and our, our theme music just aggressively plays at you. You, you can't turn it off. It's great. In 8-bit. <laughs> Good old MySpace. Anyway, uh, we're waffling. So let's let's say goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, Jamie. And this is BBC's coverage of Jared Wests.
Those letters, they really helped. Turns out you got taste. You got love and taste. You got wisdom. So to the both of you, we say thank you. Thanks to your letters, had a tragic accident on the motorway involving 70 members of the board of the BBC. We can now pretty much do what we want. Censorship is dead and enthusiasm is back. There's no stiff upper lip anymore, chap. The only thing is stiff is, oh, no, the races are, races are on the track, so let's do that now. Who we got here, chap? Well, in first place, we have the mighty, miraculous oh, look at his muscles. Oh, my God, chap. He's, he's, he's a hero of mine. I used to have a poster of him on my wall. Do you remember that, chap? I do. I had questions. And in lane two was Basil. It's Basil, chap. Basil. Basil to ride with Hazel. And we can see he's chosen an usual option instead of a horse. Oh, he's, he's riding a stack, Chad, a stack. Look at his antlers, they are madly impressive. And he's wearing an all-in-one wrestling, uh, what do you call that? I believe that's a wrestling leotard. Oh. But he's wearing a surprising amount of belts. That's a huge belt, Chad. I'm surprised he doesn't snack things on it. But there you go. It's Basil the Round with Hazel. And who is up next? And he laid three rope with Anastasius. Anastasius. Anastasius, what a man. What a guy. He did my accounts one year, Chad. And might as well. <laughs> you can't get that from the IRS, MFers. Yeah, it's excellent. I, I, they ended up owing me money at the end. What a guy. What a guy, and he is wearing the, a very fancy pin suit. It's, it's all the rage now. Pencil thin mustache. He's got his abacus. He is ready to rock and roll. In fact, when you say he's got his abacus, he doesn't even have a horse. He's riding an abacus. It's almost like he's out of the race straight away. Uh -huh. That ain't going anywhere. No, but he looks happy. And who, and who is this? Who is this mighty force of Roman emperorship? Well, you're going to notice that guy anywhere. He's glowing gold. He looks like he'd be in a painting or some sort of mosaic. It is Justinian. His face looks awfully messed up, though, Chad. It's all made of little squares. He looks like a damn disco ball is what he looks like. But what an emperor, what a guy. And, and the race is going to stop, but just before it does, dear listener, I am very, very excited to announce something very special because I know you don't just tune in for me and Chad. I mean, those two listeners surely do. Oh, I know that. We thank you. I know our two fans do, but the rest of them, chat, I know they don't just tune in for us. And I know they're not just here for the races. I know they want the races, but that's not all they're here for, chat. Do you know what else they're here for? What are they here for? You tell them, Hick. It's none other than Cuthbert. Mount the Baron. Mount that oh Baron, Cuthbert. It's Cuthbert. God, he's back. Welcome back into the studio. I love you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be back, uh, uh, Chad. Uh, I must say, I have, I have missed, I have missed this. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed our, our, our time together. Transformative it was. Uh, I, I'm, but I'm back on the BB of C. And I'm so glad you're back. Oh my gosh, did you enjoy your holiday? Did you chill out enough and then unchill out and become British again? Oh, I, I really went through quite a transformation. It must be said, at one point, I was trotting all over the globe, 
uh, being quite loud and obnoxious. America! But also incredibly British. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that was glorious. And then I calmed down a little bit, uh, found myself, I did, found myself in Peru, uh, discovered myself in Brazil, uh, explored myself, as it were, in the Philippines. And, uh, uh, but then, but then, I must say, the money ran out, old chap, old bean, so uh, it's, it's back, back from vacation, and uh, back in the old booth, and it's absolutely bally amazing to be here, and, uh, and oh, can I just say, Hickory Hills, it's wonderful to be, be here with you. We've never worked together, have we? Ha, surely have not. It's gonna be glorious. Anyway, Chad, Cuthbert, you guys ready? I'm damn ready. I was born ready. I was rather ready the moment I was about five, approximately. So yes, off we go. Uh, and here we are. And uh, they, the, the man has his arrow dipped in the fire there. And and Chad, over to you. You do the honors. He's lifting his bow into the air. A hush has fallen over the audience. He's pointing it up. He's aiming at the moon, just like our competitors. And we're out. Racing over there, startlingly, startlingly forward. Absolutely crushing it, crushing it to the first half of it. Uh, it's an incredible start from everyone here. There's a damn five job. Look at him go. He's back at that horse. You can see Heracles. He's beating the hell of his horse. Basil is also beating the hell of his horse. Look at Anastasius, Chad. Anastasius, you predicted it right. He's got nowhere. Well, actually, what he's doing, he's sitting on one of those little balls. He's just moving forwards and backwards. I think he's calculating. He's calculating something, Chad. I wonder if he's got a plan off his sleeve. Well, no, here, man, I believe he probably does. He does my hands, don't you know? Welcome to the club. Magistinian wearing his gold face painty thing. He's just, I don't know what he is. Is he a mirage? Or is he just a tapestry? Who knows? No, not a tapestry. What'd you call that thing with the bits put in the way? It's a mosaic, Chad. It's a mosaic. I can't speak French. He is absolutely starving through. He is miles in the lead. And if I had him, you got Heraculous. Heraculous is doing a very good job. And, and then you can... Oh, oh my God, Chad. Basil's falling off the stack. He's falling off the stack, Chad. Oh, my gosh. The stack is... He's mauling him. He's dragging him along the ground. It is incredible scenes here, ladies and gentlemen. It is absolutely horrific. The the Adler has gone through his belt and he's been dragged behind. I've not seen anything like this before, Chad. This is brand new to me. His head is bouncing and his ass is up in the air. Oh my god, Chad. It's a sight to behold and it's not one I want to see ever again. His face is scraping along the ground. Imagine getting a piece of chalk, dear listener, and just dragging it across the ground. That is essentially what's happening to Basil. Instead of chalk, imagine blood guts. It's Intoxicating sight, absolutely intoxicating. Sermit, viscera. Let's go back to Heraculus, closely following Justinian's heels. His horse is going like a bat out of horsey hell. The, you can't put a piece of paper between these two anymore. They are so close to each other. Nonetheless, it's like a piece of tracing paper or something, or copy paper. Really thin bit of paper, Chad. Really thin, yeah. You won't believe the stuff they can do now, Gates. It's quite impressive. Apparently, you can fold it more than seven times, which is quite cool. Yeah, I used to think you could only fold it once or uh, eight times, I believe. Eight times. Eight. But, uh, you can oh, actually do more, Chad. It turns out it's an urban myth. In a way, I mean, I watched this episode of Mythbusters. I think they folded like nine. Anyway, but, gentlemen, uh, if, oh, I, oh. if you don't mind, there's actually been a development here, and uh, uh, Heraclus has overtaken Justinian. Hot damn! Oh, my God! We missed that! Thank you very much there, Comfort. Well, what will we do without you? Uh, Heraclus is in the lead, but no, Justinian's down in the lead. Oh, it's backwards and forwards. The crowd are loving this. What's that coming up from the rear? It is Basil being pushed by his stag, and 
He's got pass. He's, he's running forward. Just say it's Basil. It's about, about three, three fifths of Basil at this point, but three fifths of Basil is, is now in the lead. Uh, I, I can only assume as Basil loses mass. Uh, uh, he, he lightens, and therefore the stack can pull him faster. And at the rear is Anastasius. He has not moved except going slightly forward, slightly backwards, and looks like he's solved gravity. That's quite impressive. Now, I must say, he must have a plan here. This can't be the whole thing. This, he's got to have something up his sleep, but I cannot figure out what it is. Who knows? I'm not sure either, but he's got to do it quick. There's only like three laps left. And still, still Basil is, is being dragged even further and further into the lead. I, I don't think he can be beaten now. I don't think he can. Anyway, we're going through a bit of a lull here in the in the race. So, Cuthbert, do you fancy give some stats about the stadium? Maybe length, height, width, populated size, that kind of thing? Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, well, tell us about the stadium we're in. It's, you know, it's interesting crap, you know. Oh, no, I mean, um, I'll be honest, Winston used to just make that stuff up, and, because we have... What? Because we got British accents, everyone just kind of assumed we know what we're talking about. Okay, well, I'm gonna read my notes, so, the, the stadium's about 250 feet high, and it's, uh, it has a total length lap of 12 miles. That's how long it goes for, that's how much they're racing every single time. We have a total capacity here of over 95,000 spectators. They're waving their hands in the air, they're holding banners, they're having a well of a time. I'm pretty well impressed. It's like Winston's back in the room. I do miss Winston. Oh, Winston's a great guy. He's... What a guy. I used to have a poster up of him on my watch. You remember that chat? Yeah, that's another conversation we had. Anyway, we're going into the last lap now. Sorry, listeners, it's it's been quite a lot. Nothing has happened. Basil is still in the lead, followed by Justinian and Heraclius neck and neck, but nothing has changed for quite some time. Uh, but it's the last lap now. The crowd are going wild. Is Basil one is going to win this? There's no way he can lose. I think you're right. Basil's way in front of him. He's crossed the finish line. Oh his God. hair and his scalp has been dragged by the stag across the finish line. He has done it. The stag's not stopping, Chad. No, it's, it's, it's gone out of the back door. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God, Chad. This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. This, uh, I'm a bit scared, I'll be honest, Chad. Yes, this is quite the turn up of the books there. Basil has crossed the finish line, won, uh, but I'm getting a word in my ear at the moment. The officials are looking into whether this counts as a victory. Well, I'd say his hairpiece and his scalp crossed the line and a slight bit of his belt. I think that's enough for victory. What do you officials say? But, but does that count, Chad? I don't know. I'm not an official. Because I, I believe, not to get too technical, but I'm fairly sure to win a race, you have to be what's known as alive. Oh, that's just a technicality. My cousin, he played baseball. He was dead from the first round. They just kept throwing balls at his head. They were bouncing off. He got home run after home run. That's true. He won the playoffs. Remember when Bob older brother? And he won the swimming race? Turned out he Oh, that was amazing. He'd been dead for a month, Chad. Do you remember that? Turned out he just floated down. Being dragged by a great white. That's right, Chad. Took home the gold. We had that on our mantelpiece for a long time. Uh, and a poster of him and the great white. Oh, 
Happy times. Right next to the urine, as I remember. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, so, uh, so I suppose, I suppose, if uh, Cuthbert, you're right here, uh, it's down to Justinian the Horacular. This is so neck and neck, neither of us can call this until probably right at the end. I think it's going to be a photo finish. Oh, oh, no, it's not a photo finish. Horacular's just one. Yeah, it's no problem. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. How do you feel? No, no, it's, it's, it's marvelous. I just, 